Hi there, how are you today? I personally am doing amazing because the sun is shining after several days of lots and lots and lots of rain. My office where I record these episodes, the makeshift studio (laughs) actually looks out to the back view of my house, which is nestled on the edge of a forest. There's this beautiful open space that is between the house and the forest, which is great because it gives this contrast and it creates this liminal experience of an edge place. And I feel that in today's episode, that is where we kind of go. We go into the edge places a little bit. Why I am also really excited is because I'm finally recording the intro to an episode that was recorded several weeks ago. It is the very first episode where we have a guest. I get to interview. It's really more a soul conversation. I do ask questions, but it's a very natural flow. And it is with my dear friend and soul sister, Rosemary Quaid Nichols. Rosemary is an extraordinary and magical human. She lives on top of the mountain. We joke around because I live sort of at the base of the mountain in not so much the valley, but yeah, really at the base or a lower peak of this mountain area. And she lives at the top of the mountain. We joke around and she's pretty much the witch, the wise woman, the healer, the hidden healer (laughs) on top of the mountain. She's also none of these things. You know, she has a way of walking really both worlds, walking this magic and more liminal realm, and then also being very, very grounded and rooted into ordinary reality. We cover a lot of ground. We dive really deeply into some topics like her upbringing and her Cuban-American ancestry and the spiritual lineage that came with that and her relationship with that and how it's changed over the years. We also talk about, oh my goodness, we talk about grandmother whale, which is an aspect of her, but also a being, which we talk way more about in the episode. We also touch on Drake, but we'll be doing a full episode on him, which is the dragon ally that is deeply with her and she's very connected with. But then there's a lot of topics that we brush over. We mention, we name, but we don't go very deeply into them. We don't go so deeply into her journey with breast cancer, which she calls the great gift for her. We don't talk and go very deeply into her several decades of training with the Toltec lineage. We do talk about the way that she journeys life now, how she works with her mind, stories that may come up, aspects of self. We also mention her work with the inner child, but we don't go deep into that. And I hope that I will have her on to talk more about her work with the inner child because it is actually, everybody knows inner child. Most people have done some form of inner child work. I have never experienced inner child in the way that Rosemary brings it forward. It is a very unique way of working with inner child. So all of these aspects that we talk about, we some of them get a lot of airtime and some of them don't. And we cover, like I said, so much and it, we go so deep and oh my goodness, I just had so much fun. A couple of things I just want to mention ahead of time, the sound I did my best to edit the sound. Rosemary was kind of soft in places and I was louder and I did my best to even that out because I really want you to hear her. And I know if you can't totally then, but the transmission will still come through. 
there may be places where you notice that the sound increases. And for those of you who have sensitive ears, I just want to let you know that that is a possibility, but I did do my best. We recorded here together locally in my office. And so I'm still learning and working all of this out. It probably had to do with our proximity to the microphone. Lastly, I mentioned that we're on episode five. We are not. This is episode four. So just so there's no confusion. Okay, without further ado, I want to introduce you to this episode. I can't wait for you to experience it, to experience Rosemary's infectious energy and heart. Welcome to Elemental Whispers, a podcast dedicated to creating pathways of remembrance through the sharing of personal experiences and real-life sacred stories of working with the community of other world beings for healing, growth, and joyful enchantment. I'm Diamira Rose D'Agostino, and this is my gift to you, a podcast that is really meant to be a doorway May it illuminate this pathway of magical remembrance. May its medicine of enchantment guide you in your elemental journey of soul, earth, and spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of Elemental Whispers podcast. Today is a very special day for several reasons. The first is that today is Solar Beltane, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but happy Beltane, everyone. And it is also very special occasion because I have with me a very special guest and the first guest that Elemental Whispers podcast is hosting. Rosemary Quaid Nichols is a dear friend, soul sister, and soul companion. In this lifetime, she and I have only known each other for about five years. We met in late 2016, but it soon became very obvious after sometime after our first meeting that we had known each other for lifetimes and that knowing only seems to deepen further and further with each and every week and month and year that goes by of our burgeoning and blossoming friendship in this lifetime so i want to introduce her to you This is one of those times where I never know how to put the fullness. Rosemary reminds me of the most exquisite plant, the most exquisite flower, because just like a flower, there's so many facets and so many frequencies and so many qualities that you can speak to. How does one begin? How does one even begin? But I'm going to do my best to try. Rosemary has been studying spirituality and really deepening on her path of inner work and self-awareness for over 20 years. She is a life coach. She has a an extraordinary passion for inner child work. And I must say that her way of working with the inner child is quite unique and different than anyone else's inner child work and approach that I have ever experienced before. And Rosemary has a deep devotion to the earth, to Gaia, to the spirit realm. And I think that has deepened over time. And that's what we're going to be exploring today. And the last thing that I want to share is that the image I have of Rosemary is almost like 
one of these double life images where when you meet her, you know there's some other layer to her. You just get this joyful, beautiful, expressive laughter. And even if she hasn't already squished you in her arms to hug you, you will feel this infectious hug coming from her. Yet there's this also this deeper layer of her. And I like to think of her as the wise woman and the witch that lives on top of the mountain. So without further ado, I want to welcome my beloved friend and soul sister who I love across time and space. Welcome, Rosemary, to Elemental Whispers podcast. Thank you so, so much for that introduction. And of course, you know me well enough to know that I am going to start crying. So I am doing my best not to be at all snippily and crying. And thank you, my beloved sister. It's an honor. An honor to be here today on this auspicious, beautiful day. To be sitting here looking at your beautiful land of New Avalon. And to do this weaving that we are doing together. Thank you so much. Already I can feel the pings of all of the different, the beings that work with you and work with me. And they're all kind of surrounding us and pinging right now. And all of them have a lot to say. So I'm going to try to swirl us into one of those single points of story thread if we can. And what I want to begin with, my intention for bringing guests and people on this podcast is so everyone can hear from others who are also living what I witness as an enchanted, magical life. I witness that in you. I see your life as magic and see you as living a very enchanted existence. Where I want to start today, where I'm so fascinated is when I met you, what I know and knew about you is that you had pretty much been on a, what I would call a spiritual journey, studying, having a spiritual practice, doing your inner work, creating self-awareness for decades, a few decades. You were really studied and trained in the Toltec Four Agreements lineage, the dreaming lineage. And yet, since I've met you and within the last five years, there's even been this deepening into, there's been a complete transformation and metamorphosis that I have witnessed as like a whole nother level of you coming into who you are. So what I want you to talk a little bit about is what possibly catalyzed that shift and what is that difference? Because I don't think that living, having, being spiritual and having a spiritual practice is necessarily synonymous, the same as living an enchanted life. They can be the same and they can interweave, but there are a lot of spiritual people that I don't see them as living an enchanted life. Mm -hmm. So what was that shift for you? Oh, I distinctly remember that shift. Um, and I'm not a commercial. This is reality. It was your essences. For me, I vividly was aware of something trying to get my attention at that point in my life. At As you said, I've practiced for decades and have been on the Toltec path for over 20 years now. And there was something missing. And, and I do want to um, mention that I had just, when I met Diamira, had been going through a breast cancer journey. So that journey also deepened me into, oh, something's trying to get my attention because that's the way I look at things. I did not go into, oh, poor me. I went into, oh, who's talking? What's going on here? Um, and it was a very powerful journey for me, but I was very aware that there was something else. And I remember distinctly sitting with you in intending to do a flower essence journey. And you said to me, what do you want from them? What is it that you want from this journey? And 
I automatically said, I want to remember. There are tears that come with that because it was such a turning point for me. Um, it's almost like if someone were to cup your face with their hands and turn your face just ever so slightly in a different direction and go, okay, here, here's what you're not seeing. Here is what you are not aware of. Here are all the secrets, everything you've been wanting. That desire for the magic, for the enchantment is right here. And that's what it was for me when I started the Flower Essence journey. It was that connection that had been around me all of my life. I have a beautiful sister who's very much into the enchantment of nature in an aspect of herself. And as always said, the trees and the plants. Yet I was always, oh, that's not real. That's not truth. This not grounded. And boy, was I wrong. And once I saw that, once I started to play with that, all of this woke up. My entire world exploded in a beautiful way. And now I can feel and talk to beings that I never would have given myself permission to do in the past. Like Drake, who I adore. We can get into Drake if you want to, but... And the Grandmother Whale, who is so much a part of who I am. And I am her, and she is me. And the trees that are up on my mountain. I have one specific tree that I am very, very connected to that I call her my guardian. And she, I say good morning to her every morning. And if I go out to walk on the mountain, I always stop first with her. But all of this came from that moment of me saying, I want to remember. So I am hearing the, the questions that someone who is listening to this might be curious about, and there's like five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's do them. As many as we can. So first, what Rosemary is referring to when she's saying uh, the flower essence journey is she is talking about uh, there, what, there are time periods when I see clients privately and when I work privately with clients with flower essences, I refer to that as a flower essence journey because it usually takes place over several months, three to six months, sometimes a year or longer. These journeys are meant to be a journey into knowing thyself, into remembering and reclaiming the deepest parts of yourself, the ancient part of who you are and who you have always been. And they really, on a very, you know, very grounded logistical uh, level, they basically, we would meet once a month and it would very much be a, I'm going to call it an open <laughs> counseling session, but really it was a witnessing session where I would deeply listen to in this case, Rosemary or the client, and they would speak what what wanted to be spoken. And I say that because sometimes they would come to the session and say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have anything. And then it would just, the space would allow an unraveling to whatever needed to be said in that safety of that container. And then at some point we may do uh, a process within the session but ultimately the session would complete and then I would be formulating them a beautiful essence potion in co-creative partnership with the trees, the plants, the elementals, the uh, all of the beings that are part of the essence apothecary that I have. And we, I would formulate that and then they would receive that physical essence potion and then they would take that essence potion for a month and then we would do it all again. And so that is the rhythm and that is what a flower essence journey is and was. And 
it really, it's a journey because it usually takes people, it supports people as they journey across thresholds, really going through their own inner initiations. So that is what she is referring to when she is saying a flower essence journey. I, yes, Drake, I can hear you. He, Drake is going to make an appearance. So I know because everyone, I can hear them like, who is Drake? <laughs> who is the grandmother whale? <laughs> but I feel like I want to back up just a, a few steps before we get, he's, he's hopping around. He's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, simmer down, boy. <laughs> and he knows I say that with the greatest love. Um, so what I want to know if you would speak to a little bit is what kind of changes did you notice in your life? Wow, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> I think the first pieces that really got strong was I guess what we call our intuition, that part of me that it's in my ancestry, right? Like it's, it's the way I was brought up. My mother channeled, we did not go to traditional doctors. We went to someone that was a medium to channel the doctor. That was kind of the way I was brought up. And remarkably so with all of that, there was so much denial on my side of that, of that, of all of that enchantment, all of that magic, all of, you know, there was a lot of denial. And of the whole, of that lineage. Of the entire lineage. Yes. The entire ancestry. Would you share a little, cause I can, I can feel people are probably really curious about that. Can you share a little bit just about your lineage and yeah, it, both ethnically and all of, yeah, all of that. Yeah. So I am Cuban American first generation. Um, my mom came here from Cuba when she was 15, 14, 15 years old, um, and traveled back and forth for a long time until everything happened with Castro. And then she stayed here. And so I was brought up with a very strong Cuban mother. My dad was really not very much in the picture. So it was pretty much my mom. I have five sisters. I'm the baby. So a lot of very strong women. Um, a lot of very intense women, inclusive of myself, <laughs> no denying. Um, and my mom had very much of that, you know, now I look at it and understand it then I didn't, of the magic of the witch energy. Like she grew herbs out in the yard, chamomile, linden, you know, manzanilla like we called it like all of these herbs and she would give us those herbs right if we had a bruise she would combine which again nowadays alcohol and cinnamon and she would put that on the bruise and it would literally draw out the bruising so she did all of these kinds of things and then we grew up going we would go once a week to what we called church it was during the week um and it was two women. One of them channeled a doctor, as I said, who would come in as a doctor. And when there was something physically, we had a cold, we had a bruise, we were hurt. Um, I had a horrible accident when I was 10 years old and had drastic major work done with my mouth. But my mom was mortified. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know what the right thing to do, right? Like Western medicine had a point of view. She went to this spiritual doctor and they told her do this tell them this this is what you do she'll be okay and she did she went back to the doctors and this you know so that was our upbringing that was our medical right and if there was something else going on if we were just off then she would we would meet with the doctor that was the spiritual right so now she's the one that she smoked a cigar this particular um being would smoke a cigar, so the human would smoke the cigar, and with that cigar, that was her thermometer. And that's how she would determine energetically where you were, and depending on how that tobacco burned on the cigar, would determine where you were spiritually, which was always the big thing, because I would always come in with a regalia, according to them, right? I had all of these beings that would come and attach themselves to me, and then, of course, I felt all of that not knowing it. 
So that was our upbringing. That's mm-hmm. my mother channeled, right? Beings that were stuck between the worlds and she would channel so that we could communicate with them and explain to them that it was okay for them to move on. And to This was just the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. There was always a little part of me that was curious and wanting to know more. And there was always a part of me that said, this isn't real. Mm-hmm. Although I saw some pretty magical things happen, I denied it. So that was my upbringing. We didn't tell people about this in the outside world. I would actually go to church on Sundays. Um, I think it was a Baptist church, if I remember correctly. And we would go through the motions of that so that people didn't know, even though like one of my sisters was Catholic. That's what she said. She was, she's Catholic still to this day. She's Catholic. But we had this whole other world. So there was this dichotomy, right? Glasses of water around the house. And she would talk to the beings. If she couldn't find something, she'd say to them, will you please stop hiding my keys? I need to get to work. Can you please? Stop? And sure enough, she'd find her keys. And she, you know, one of them would start being pesty. And she's like, I don't have time for this right now. You know, anybody on the outside could have looked at her and gone, okay. They're wacky, but it was so real. It was just part of my world. So that was my background. That was growing up. And I think as I started to become an adult, I started to go, all right, that was fun. Now let's get to the reality of life. And that's the denial of my ancestry. That's where that really started. I I was like, yeah, that's that's nice, but I'm here and I'm air quotes grounded. Right? Like I'm, that's not me. That's not who I am. So it was it was a very challenging time for me because consciously or unconsciously, subconsciously, there was the battle within me of is it real, is it not, what's truth, what's not, you know, all of those pieces. So And even through your twenty years of studying, so you have so just to kind of recap, you have this whole lineage and upbringing connected to your Cuban roots that really has to do with spirit doctoring and uh, almost mediumship and that sort of experience. And then at some point you let that, you let that go. You're like, "Mm, not so much. And then you get into what we would call the Toltec lineage. Uh, The, of course, Don uh, Don Miguel Ruiz wrote the book Four Agreements and you studied Four Agreements a lot for years and did the dreaming. And so I'm curious when you were studying for those several decades, the Four Agreements, did any of the lineage pieces from your childhood begin to come through and was that more normalized? Or did you separate the two in your mind? Were you like, no, Four Agreements, Good, grounded, lineage, spirit doctoring, not grounded. <laughs> you know, it's ironic again. You know how when you, you, you experience something, it's one thing, and then now in hindsight looking back, you're like, oh, like, wow, how did you wrap that one? <laughs> when I was in it, totally separated. Like, you know, I had two amazing mentors, and one of them specifically, Rita Rivera Fox, that woman was you know, a witch doctor. I don't care how you looked at it now in hindsight. At the time, no, I did not connect the two. They were, one was grounded, one was woo-woo. I think that would be the way. I looked at the four agreements and the Toltec path grounded, right? Like, oh, I'm going in, I'm looking at my stories, I'm being with these pieces of myself, I'm meditating again, air quotes. I'm, you know, doing all of these parts that made sense to my mind, even though what you were trying to do with the dreaming was to quiet the mind, but it still made sense to my mind. So it was easy for me to connect to it and understand it. And it was powerful. It it changed me. I'm, again, no longer the person I was prior to that path, right? Like, it's just the way we metamorphose into these different beings. Um, so, yeah, I totally separated the two. It didn't come until towards the last, probably the last eight or nine years that I started to go, is there a connection here? <laughs> <laughs> Are these two things somehow intertwined? And that my one of my mentors, who is now one of also my closest and bestest friends, Megan, said, you deny your lineage, and yet it is all one. 
And it's then that I started to kind of allow the energetic of Katana, which was one of the beings that was channeled, and Belen, which again was one of the beings that was channeled to show up, right? I would bring them in. I would call them forth when I needed their support or their love or their, you know. It wasn't, until, like I said, though, just till recently for that compared to the whole journey of the Toltec path. And and those beings, just to clarify, those were the ones that were channeled when you were a little girl. Exactly. Were, yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, and for anybody who doesn't know, the four agreements, I feel it's so prevalently Gosh, known yes. at this point, but the four agreements written, as I said, by Don Miguel Ruiz were... Uh, in fact, Rosemary, why don't you say what the four agreements oh, are? Oh, Lord, are you going to catch me here? Cause well, it's okay. Don't, don't take anything personally. personally. Don't make so assumptions. Impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your word and always do your best. best. Exactly. So those are the four agreements. And I would say that you are one of the people that I know that embody them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost impeccably. You mm-hmm. really you. are one of the most self-aware humans that I know. You've done so much inner work and you really don't take a lot of stuff personally or if you do in the moment you you don't actually have that outward reaction you're able to neutralize the charge of that reaction so you know it's so amazing how that became then a bridge to where you are now and so it was at some point in fact probably about what five years ago when you uh, you had another layer of deepening because of the breast cancer Mm-hmm. And yeah. so do you want, is there anything that you want to speak about that and how that sort of took you further? It did. It definitely did. You know, I mean, as Oprah always likes to say, you know, sometimes we need a two by four. Um, that was my two by four. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's, there's more. <laughs> I thought I was done. I thought I had this. I thought I got it. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it was, you know, those moments where you hear, and I have been through cancer with so many friends. My, one of my closest, dearest childhood friends died of breast cancer. And I was very close to her and we were very close to the end. So I've been through that journey and I've heard their stories and their points of view. And when you're in it, it's a whole different thing. And I understand now being busted wide open. And that's what the breast cancer did. It was like, Okay, whatever else is in there, whatever else is muddling around or hiding in closets or trying to avoid or run or hide, it's time to come out. It's time to come out. And that's what it did. You know, that's why I I made the comment earlier with the four agreements and about meditation and did air quotes because my mentor would say, do you meditate? Yes, yes, I meditate, I meditate. Every day? Oh, all the time. Really? For how long? Oh, and then I would stop because honestly, people, everybody that's listening, I meditated periodically, five minutes, and then my mind would start. And then there would be the to-do list of the things to do where this isn't working. The breast cancer got me to go, you really need to go in because I realized I was avoiding. I was avoiding pieces that I wasn't interested in needing connecting with so and again it's been such a beautiful journey i call my breast cancer the gift of cancer and i mean that with every ounce of my being it was one of the biggest gifts i've had in my life was my cancer yeah i got to find myself i got to see myself i got to experience i got to open pathways so that i could meet people like you and I mean that from the depths of my heart and you know that I don't know if I would have found you had it not been for the cancer because it did open me up it did allow my intuition to kick in so when I saw your name I was like oh there's something about that woman there's something about her to reach out to you when I normally do not because I hid I had a beautiful wall around me and I did not allow myself to be seen. And yet to just reach out to you, it was because of the breast cancer. I was already on that journey of like, stop hiding. 
If something says to you, do this, do it. Trust that intuition. Which is, again, why I say the flower essences, because then it took me to the next level. It was like I started to give that part of me permission, and then it was like, okay, I need help if I want to keep moving forward. And it was you and your gift and what you bring to the world that people get into flower essences, which please... (laughs) You're going to go down that journey. We'll have that one on another podcast. And I just want everyone to know, I know from the depths of my heart how impactful the flower essences have been for so many people, including Rosemary. And yet we did actually, we did not discuss what we were going to talk about. The only thing that I actually let her know, I said pretty much what I started with, which was, I want you to talk about how when I say living an enchanted life is not necessarily synonymous with I'm spiritual or I have a spiritual practice or I do my inner work because there's a lot of us on a path of inner work and a healing journey. But to me, expanding out into what I call this embodied mythic reality is, is it, is its own thing. Yes. Its own thing. And they don't have to be mutually exclusive, but sometimes they are not. They are not both. And so um I so I wanna so I can feel the different threads that are popping. Before we go into yeah, I'm gonna make a note just so I don't forget. <laughs> Before we go into this, I wanna ask you about the doubts that came up. The, in terms of your lineage, in terms of, because I, I feel like that's even, there's something very present about even very recently within the last six months or year around going back and forth Mm -hmm. between the conflict. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm like? The, the doubts, the, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I know what you mean. Um, and yes, it is. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. Full disclosure. It's present now. Yeah. Right. Like it isn't something that just, I haven't had that flip of the switch with that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deny that. And I'm okay with that because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the other piece I would say about the flower essences is that this is a gentleness about it. Right. So as I deepen into this part of me that goes, wait a minute, what was that lineage? What, 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 what is that about? Why is that that I deny that? Like where, like, because I, I tend to like really want to understand and be with the energetics of all of it. The essences have helped me with that, right? It's helped me to go deeper. But it's as of, you know, last week that I noticed that there's a part of me still fighting my lineage, my ancestry, who that is. And what that's about and what it has, where all my gifts are intertwined into that. That makes sense. That is still a journey for me. That is still something that I am stepping into it, but it's, and I do not like this expression, so I normally would not use it, but it's that fake it till you make it kind of energy sometimes of like, I know it's there. I know there is truth here. This human mind does not know that. And I need to bring her along. And so that's kind of the way I do my work is I find I feel something energetically. I'm like, hmm, what's that? Like you see something like, you know, sometimes you see something from the corner of your eye and you're mm-hmm. like, what's that? That's what it is for me right now is that energy of like, okay, there's something in my peripheral vision over here that's trying to get my attention. And I am slowly turning my head that way. I'm not sure yet what that is or why I even deny it because it was so powerful for me and it was so magical for me. And it was, I saw things that you can't explain away. And yet I talked to my mom every day who passed away three years ago. I feel her presence. I. I'm aware of my son's father's presence who passed away. 
almost 20 years ago. And I feel his presence and I see the messages. It's a powerful thing. I think my mind just twists things into how something is supposed to look. And because it doesn't look that way, I am still fighting it. So I think that's my journey right now. That's the leg of the journey I am on right now is that settling into, that stepping into who I am. And that includes my legacy. That includes all of these other amazing, powerful women for me, because that's just the way I was brought up with, you know, I've always heard about my, I never met my grandmothers, but I've heard about them and their strength and their power and their clarity. So I I can feel all of them, like even here, even here and now as I speak, they are speaking. They are here and I know that. It is just this beautiful, beloved human on this earth doing this journey that wants justification and explanations. And I don't have those for her. Mm-hmm. And I have to get her to understand that I'm never going to have those for her. Because they don't exist. They don't exist. That doesn't. And that's the beauty, right? Like, that's, I just saw, like, the intertwining of my enchantment of this life that I now live. Like, this is who I am now, this magical being. And now how do I in, uh, entangle wants to come up? But I don't see it as tangling, just an intertwining of integration. Integration, yes, thank you. You know, like that infinity symbol, right? Like mm-hmm. the going back and forth between the two. It's like going back and forth between the worlds to going back and forth between the human and the spirit. It's having the spirit and then bringing it into the human so that it can be shared and it can be experienced and it could be given to the world, which is my gifts. So it's still a journey. It's mm-hmm. still something I'm walking through and maybe asking for forgiveness for having not trusted it sooner and yet seeing the perfection of having the life that I live right now to be able to explore and expand and go walking in the woods and have these moments with trees that are my moments, my experiences that may not look like somebody else's, but I'm clear that it's, it's real. Can I answer your question? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if I answered it. One of the most, I feel it was a crossroad moment. It's a moment that is so imprinted in my mind Mm. with you and with one of our other dear friends Mm. is Samhain. You knew I was going to say that. Samhain. And it was Samhain. It was at least two years ago, maybe three. It was an evening that I invited the two of you to come over here, you and my friend, uh, our friend Chelsea. And we, the intention was we were going to do ceremony for Samhain. But there was an added layer because I knew that this ceremony was not just about offering our prayers for Samhain is the Celtic New Year, offering our prayers and connecting with the ancestors, but there was a, as I call it, a story, a new Avalon story that was inviting us to weave with it. Before we went out, we sat around the fire inside. It was, again, it was already dark outside. And we sat around the fire, around the hearth, and we began to craft our ceremony. And we knew that this ceremony in some ways was an initiation ceremony for each of us to some degree. But what we were actually doing was holding open the doors of New Avalon to welcome each New Avalon member 
of the community, almost a an honoring, a recognition, a welcome to New Avalon. And each member as they came forward had this moment to speak their heart and their devotion to what this dream is. And I'm not sure if I've talked about New Avalon on this podcast. I know I haven't talked, spent an episode on it, but I may have mentioned it. You can find, I have a YouTube series where I share more of the full story, but the, and I do promise that I will, (laughs) I will do an, I will do an episode, many episodes that will encompass stories from New Avalon, but New Avalon is the land here that I live on. We live in Virginia, um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains and near the Shenandoah. And it is the land that I live on, but it is also a dream. It is an energetic, a dream, a frequency that has awakened in this land here. And it is connected to the old Avalon lineage. But part of what I received so clearly several years ago was that the old stories of Avalon have completed. They've almost come to fulfillment. This is actually a really big conversation, which we're not going to go into now, but there was almost a, just like anything that takes on a life of its own, there comes times where it's important to actually complete, clarify, clear, so that something new can arise, something new that is more, that is more relevant and connected to the moment of now and what is for now. And that is kind of how New Avalon arose. It was at the tail of the completion of the old story. I was given an invitation by some very old beings who were part of the old Avalon story to light the fires of Avalon in my land. And in doing so, I would be lighting the flame of the new story that was arising from the heart of Gaia. So I did that. I received that guidance in December of 2017 when I made a pilgrimage, one of my annual pilgrimages to Glastonbury with my beloved Curtis and our daughter Maya. In January, around the full moon of that year, one of my dragon priestess sisters, Jessica, came to visit and she and I, along with my beloved Curtis, actually lit that flame in the land. And so the land had been seeding. It had been almost activating and awakening with this ancient future intention. When Chelsea and Rosemary and I gathered for that Samhain, which as I said, it was several years after that, maybe 2020, it was almost like the land had been, like the soil had been prepared. Beings had already started to gather in answer to what was being dreamed and created here. And yet there had not been a formal official kind of welcoming, a welcoming to New Avalon, welcome to this dream, and just an acknowledgement of everyone's devotional commitment to this dream. And so we went out with our beautiful lit candle in our glass lantern. We walked down through the land to the edge of the forest where grows the witch tree, which is an old beech tree. And we circled around her, the three of us, with only this tiny flickering candle in the darkness, which we set the lantern, the glass lantern at the tree's roots. And her roots are these that you can see them kind of crawl up out of the land. And it looks honestly very witchy. Yes. (laughs) It's very perfect. We moved into ceremony. We moved between the worlds. And what I remember seeing and experiencing was beings that had been there, but had been already been here, both had been here for many, many centuries, maybe millennia. Also beings that were coming here in answer to this dream and wanting to be part of it. And then beings who in that moment were as if they were seeing the beacon 
the light, the shimmering light in the land. And all of these droves of beings began to gather and surround us in answer to this soul summons. There were dryads and there were elven queens and there were dragons and there were Sasquatch and there were the little people, the Tolilakwe and the Yunwi Sundi, which are the, the native uh, fairy spirits, the little people of this land that aren't so little. <laughs> and there were so many, there were so many. Each being had a chance to really be honored and recognized as they came forth and spoke their dreams and their love and their devotions. Then they got to look in the well of light, which lives at the base of the witch tree. They got to see for themselves a dream being reflected to them. They got to drink from its waters as truly a way of knowing themselves. And it was that night that actually the well of light essence was collected. So very powerful essence. It was that moment where at some point I looked over at you while I was calling and my soul song seemed to be calling to, as I said, some of the elven forces and some of the little people, I looked at you. And in that moment, it was as if your whole being was singing an ancient song of the sea. It was as if I could see these sea creatures, these myrrh, but these whales and dolphins just coming from across It seems now they were coming from across dimensions, across the galaxy, but they were coming from the waters of Gaia, from the oceans of Gaia, and from other places. And they were just answering this ancient whale song that you were emitting from your heart. I looked over at you and I I thought, she is grandmother whale. And I could just see you in all of your multidimensional form. It, It just this white silver hair that was so long that it spread out as if it was being almost carried and stroked by the waves of the ocean itself. And this song was just emitting from you. And you had these flowing blue, dark blue robes on. And all of this was multidimensional because I don't remember what we were wearing, but it was certainly not that. And and that was the first moment that I had seen you before, but I saw you. Do you remember remember the moment that I'm talking about? Yes, very distinctly. So I would love for you to share anything that you want to, because really, I feel like since then, Grandmother Whale, you have been growing into her and she has been holding you. Yeah. Is there anything you want to speak about her? Does she want to speak or how does Grandmother Whale want to play? Yeah, it's I I do remember that night. I distinctly remember you sharing this image and what you had experienced afterwards. And my mind immediately went, what on earth is she talking about? I didn't do anything. And you know what? I didn't do anything. I, the human, right? Um, Yes. Now, I embody her. She embodies within me. I have had the honor and the privilege of having had a experience called a soul song with her. With someone that we know, it was Megan Selby, and she did what was called a soul song of the grandmother whale. And that was the moment where I feel like, like the only way I can describe it is as she came into me. Like what my mother used to talk about, Jamie. And it's funny because I just, last couple of days, I was having a conversation with someone about something, a gathering we were going to be doing, and I went, and I was describing with her the, the grandmother whale and the energy of what I would be bringing to this group. And it was like, oh, you've always been this. Like, I saw it, I felt it, I experienced it viscerally. Like, oh, this has always been who you are. The grandmother whale energy, she comes in with love and understanding and compassion at a level that 
we crave as humans and do not give ourselves. That is what she is bringing us. That is what I am bringing us as humans because it is so needed right now is that embrace. You know, Damira mentioned at the beginning that feeling my hug before I even hug you, that is her. You feel her, you feel me. We are connected. She comes from the starry realms. I have laid at her belly and allowed her to embrace me to be able to have that experience. And now I do it with her. She does it with me. It, again, it is that weaving. You mentioned the word weaving. I'm like, that's it. It is that weaving between the human and the soul and the spirit and the, and, and I've had it all of my life. I mean, I was raised in Miami and dolphins and whales in the ocean. My son, if you ever had an opportunity to talk to him, he is a water baby. He came from the ocean. That child, I used to joke, would live in the ocean if he could. He has said that to me. There is only peace in the ocean, Mom. It doesn't exist on this planet right now. So, yeah, of course, again, that opportunity to see her, to experience her, to embody her, to not deny. Another part of my lineage in a very fascinating way. I know sometimes this is hard for people to get their head around because it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if people that listen to Elemental Whispers podcast, if it's really that much of a jump for most people, but, but I know the question sometimes comes up. I first want a presence that going back to the mind really can't understand this, but the heart and the soul know it. So I would just invite everyone to really drop into that space of knowing if you need to go back and rewind and make sure you're in that space. Because as Rosemary was talking about Grandmother Whale, you could feel the energy of Grandmother Whale. I know just for myself, as I talk about embodying fairy, embodying these energetics, it, it really is a both and experience. Yeah. It's grandmother whale the way that i experience her when you talk about her it's like she is you she is a, this other part of you and yet she is her own oh, being yes. and she is an, her own being all unto herself and so it becomes a little confusing because people say is she a being you're channeling from a different dimension is she an another aspect of you when you were, of course, all time is now. So when you are a whale is, and it's like, I think it's both. I think, it's and both. I think it's more Yes, <laughs> that we don't even possibly maybe have language to describe or talk about, but I do feel, I feel like it's more than just, she's this being outside of you that you're channeling because she really is. You don't lose yourself when, you know, some people, when we talk about trans medium channeling, they, they literally go out ah. and then a being comes in. That's not the experience with Rosemary what, that I experience with. You're very much there and present. And yet it's almost like this other facet of you comes fully in sold and, and almost like plumps into the, yes, <laughs> plumps out into, <laughs> into the energy field. And you become this fuller expression. It, it's almost like when we're, we have all these many hats, like there's business Diamira and there's, uh, Rosemary knows that one very, she doesn't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> she was complaining about that one when I, when she got here. Um, <laughs> but there's business Diamira and then there's these different, there's playful childlike Diamira. They're all me. And they really are their own frequency. Like, yes, and that's so. A good way of putting it. Yeah, so it's all these all these things and I just want people to kind of feel into the fullness of it and just to allow that energetic to journey you all to yeah to allow yourself to have an experience with it. And like I said if you need to rewind and go back, 
to that to feel that experience. So we are coming up on our time allotment. And what I know, I know you're giving me big eyes because of Drake. And I know he wants to come in, but here's what's come. And if he you, says he promises only two minutes. <laughs> Drake doesn't know two minutes, but I, we can introduce Drake. But I actually have a proposition for Drake that I think he's going to like okay. immensely. Okay. I think that Drake should have his own episode. Oh. Oh. <laughs> because Drake has a story that cannot be contained You're right. to two minutes. And it shouldn't be. You are right. And Drake, I feel like he has, I really would love for you to come back and share like the full, all of the pieces. So I hope you documented well. I have. I have. I have a good teacher. (laughs) I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. Okay. So you've documented well. And I, I want you to share the fullness of the story. Everything like the ups, the downs, the oh shit, the moments of what is happening yes everything from a human perspective and then from that multi-dimensional layer and then i want drake to come on and share and i want y'all to share together um so just to give people a little teaser so does drake feel is he amenable yes, he's very very excited he's like oh my goodness my moment my moment it's finally finally happening <laughs> so it's been a long time coming my love it's been a long time coming he okay good Thank you, Drake, for accepting this most, um, for doing me the great honor of accepting this beautiful offer. Thank you, Drake. <laughs> he's bouncing. He is. He's very happy. <laughs> he's very, like, he reminds me of the Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Yes. Um, so do you want to just let everyone know who Drake is so they can be um, excited and looking forward to our next time when we get together and do Drake. Drake is my dragon. Drake is my playmate. Drake is my powerhouse when I need him. He is a being I have always had an attachment to dragons, but he is a being that showed up. Drake, how long have you been around? Like like this? A year? One year. Yeah. I think it's yeah. been a year. Um, And the connection was like remarkable and we've had to work with each other, right? Like it is, he's big, he's powerful. He's a lot. And I love that. And it is about managing with each other, how learning how to integrate and work with each other. So yes, but he is, Tigger was a good explanation. Drake is a beautiful dragon who bounces around and gets very excited and wants to have a role and his tail gets to flapping and hitting on the ground. And I energetically can feel the vibration of that when he starts to do it. Um, sometimes it's in joy and sometimes it's in sternness. So yeah, Drake is, Drake is a whole other being all in itself that he's remarkable. He is remarkable. And he, yes, I know my love. And he is in service to me, to this planet to this intention you're not going anywhere and to those he wants to be able to help okay i'll give that to you you can help others you always have to come back (laughs) just want to be clear he is very much wanting to be in service he is very much wanting to play more to have more roles to have more things to do i think is the best way i can describe it there's another word floating around there i can't find it but it's like yesterday when we did, Demira and I were involved in a ceremony and he had a role in that ceremony and he was proud as a peacock that he was playing that role and doing what he's meant to be doing on this earth. Thank you, Drake, so much for being here with us, for being in service to Gaia and to and to others. And thank you for supporting and playing with Rosemary on this beautiful journey. And I just want to thank Grandmother Whale as well for being with us, as well as taking a a bow and kind of tipping my, my little hat, my imaginary hat. To your lineage, Rosemary, to your mom, who I love, even though I did not get to meet her in body, 
and yeah, to your whole lineage and to you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I love you so, 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 so much. There are no words. I'm not even gonna try. There are no words of love for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and for listening. If you are loving these conversations, explorations, and shares, and they are feeding your soul or stirring something awake and alive within you, then you might want to check out my newly released book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. It's a magical memoir detailing my early journey of awakening into the realms of Gaia and fairy. And if you are journeying your own story of healing and remembrance, then definitely check out Elemental Whispers Essences. It's my flower tree and elemental essence line, which are vibrational medicines to support you in this wild journey of ours called Life on Earth. You can find all of this and more at my website, diamirarose.com. Until next time. <laughs>